ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility. And from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, you Break iFix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools. It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break iFix. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. <laughs> What is going on, D-Gen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Masters. As usual, I'm here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, man. It's the first time we've got into this thing so quickly, I think, right after a winter. So we'll get to that. We'll get to Speed Week. We'll get to the Masters, you know, the April version of the Masters, the one that we've all been waiting for. Excited to talk about it with you, Kenny. But before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this podcast is brought to you and presented by rotogrinders.com. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGEN. Get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. And this is absolutely the week you'll want to start get started with for the Masters. Lots going on over there for this week. I'll talk more about that at the end, but plenty of content to get through. And Kenny, one hell of a week we just had there, man. Spieth is back. We said he had to win to be back, and he's back. He won. Yeah, I mean, golf is better with Spieth in the winner's circle. Spieth playing well. I mean, we sort of saw this coming. Uh, he was my favorite DFS player last week, so I had a bunch of them. Uh, so it worked out pretty well. Uh, I, 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 it was pretty amazing what he's been through. I mean, if you just think about it, because I mean, there's times where you've seen golfers uh, you know, close to his ability level who, you know, went through what he went through and never came back. I mean, Ian Baker Finch comes to mind. David Duvall comes to mind. Chip Beck a little to a lesser extent. Um, 
you know, I mean, these guys were, were at the top of their game. Uh, and then all of a sudden they lost it and never came back. And it looked like, you know, Spieth was in that direction. There was one point in time where I thought Spieth would never win again. Uh, but he battled back. Uh, he, he figured out what was missing from his game. I think he was overthinking too much. Uh, a lot of time trying to it change too many things of his swing. Um, you know, it, it looks like, you know, his swing's never the prettiest. Uh, it's never going to be, you know, like an Adam Scott type deal. Uh, but he just does just he just needs to do just enough to get on and around the greens to work his short game magic. Charlie Hoffman uh, tried to make a little bit of a match of it. I mean, it was a pretty big, pretty epic duel uh, coming in. The, you know, Saturday, the back nine. I mean, Wallace, Spieth and Hoff were just making everything. And coming in today, it was it was Hoff and and uh, Spieth battling it out. No, no, Hoffman just came up. A little bit short, but it was nice having him in my cash game cornerstones, which went four for four this past week. So a uh, nice little come up uh, to get ready for the Masters. What did you think of the event? I thought it was great. Speaking of Hoffman, you just mentioned that, like this event is his just cash game smash spot. This guy collects, I think he's now up over $4 million. He's won at this particular event. So he's always coming back here. You know that he's uh, you know won here in the past. He did make it quite a bit of a match down the stretch. He made some you know, clutch putts that he needed to have. And, you know, just you finally saw Jordan just get that look in his eyes where it was just, he was not going to miss. He was not going to let this go. And the thing about Jordan is like you said, and I kind of compare it to not in the sense of like me playing, but like buddies and stuff. And you've been out in golf. Like there's, you're, we're not, I'm not a good golfer at all, but like you feel safe with a certain aspect of your game. And the thing about Jordan is it's really just off the tee. And from there it's magical what he, what he can do. So it's like, he's kind of struggles with that driver. But once he gets it out there, it doesn't really matter because he knows he's going to be able to save everything else. Some of the times it's almost better for him to be off the green, being able to chip it up tight than it is to, you know, have a three footer for his birdie because it just gets in his head. So happy to see him back. As you said, you know, him being back in the winner's circle is certainly a good thing. The event wasn't that great for me. I had a lot of things right. Uh, you know, you guys got to call this. I hate it. Hey, Ricky Fowler, man. He, he tried to do his thing. If you yeah, look, I what do you get? Yeah, top 20 for him. Uh, I mean, he looked good, especially on Friday with that bogey-free round. I think it was Friday or Saturday had that bogey-free, what did he shoot, like four under. I mean, it looked yeah. like he looked better. There's no doubt. I mean, like, you know, um, but I, we'll see if he's there. I mean, well, I mean he's not going to play in the Masters. doesn't matter anyway. He's not yeah. in the Masters. I just thought that was funny. That finally does it. Came out with a pretty poor uh, Thursday. But like you said, that Friday and then really battled over the weekend. Instead of going 77-78, I thought that was nice to yeah. see. Uh, not Connors. much water, not much water on this course, so maybe That's a little bit easier for him. Since less, less hitting, chance to yeah, screw it up, exactly. Not hitting it into the drink four times in a row, uh, it probably helped a little bit for him. I, I would say there was some some other good finishes. To, you know, we can look at. You know, Hideki would did, sort of did his middling thing. It wasn't good for this tournament, but we're gonna you know lead some of that over. We'll talk about him. Sibu Kim wasn't horrible. Uh, you know, got some guys like that down at the bottom. Gim just a dis- disgusting round of putting today. I think it was minus five on the greens and really let me down there, a guy like him. And then some, you know, good rounds out of some other guys like, uh, you know, Hoagie, Glover, Woodland. Woodland showing form is pretty interesting at this time. Two good days back-to-back to bag himself a T6 up there beyond what we had going on at the top. So, you know, nice to see that out of him. Maybe he's finally back. But then the other than that, this tournament was weird, like Snedeker, you know, Kazire, Kucher, some of these guys that you just haven't seen around for a while, you know, Kucher was at the match play last week, but besides that, just randoms. And then our guy Munoz right back in the mix doing his thing, a T9 there. So overall, I thought it was a fun event, man. A good little lead up to the Masters, a lot of excitement. And now we got, a, you know, the Spieth win makes it huge. I don't know if you just saw the tweet. Like I said, we're recording this basically right after uh, the win or close to it for Spieth. But uh, Brooks 
posted the Michael Jordan picture. I, and I took that personally when the, you know, one of the media outlets posted that Brad Faxon said it would be up to six months or something for this knee surgery. So he's coming back with a vengeance. So I'm excited to get into talk about this event, but anything else you want to talk about for the Valero Texas open? Yeah, I thought Woodland was interesting. He played pretty well. You know, the guy who's going to play in the Masters this coming up week. Kuchar's making it interesting, too, just because of his last couple weeks of playing and his form uh, that he has over the years at Augusta National. But, uh, yeah, it should be a fun week uh, this coming up because, I mean, I don't think it's going to be like the last couple of years. Uh, the, the, these guys at Augusta are getting a little pissed. These guys are running all over the course. Uh, they want to see something low. <laughs> the way the uh, the women's little amateur – uh, was playing. I mean, those, 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 those greens look sort of crispy, little crispy greens out there. Uh, so uh, I think, I think we're going to be seeing a single digit under par, maybe win this week, something like what we saw with Sergio or with uh, Willett or something like that happening this week. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Let's go to this week's listener league. Shout out to listener league winner. Um, what was his name again there? Um, Riku. Riku. So Riku, this guy. Uh, let me see I can bring this up here. Okay. Oh, that's the match to play one. Sorry, this is literally just we you know tournament just ended, so I'm trying to find it. So Riku was uh, so it was M M U K O one. That's Riku. N M U K H O one. Yeah. N M. Yes. N U K O one. Yeah. So he had a nice little lineup this week with 521 points. Uh, Jordan Spieth, he had the winner. Who was you know all eighteen percent owned? Uh, Charlie Hoffman second place, thirty uh, percent owned, one hundred seventeen points. Cam Davis who made the cut, so disappointed on the weekend. Eighteen percent owned, fifty two points. Lucas Glover, which is a nice little pick by him, finished fourth, six point seven five percent owned, ninety eight point five points. K H Lee finished in twenty third or one point five percent owned, seventy three points. And Tom Lewis had a pretty good weekend, um, a pretty good Sunday. Uh, 2.95% on 60.5 points. Who do you, who, uh, what do you think of the lineup? Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, the KH Lee, we had a little banter on that back and forth about the Korean versus Canadian situation there, and he actually rolled them at 1.6%. So that was certainly nice. And I really like the build. We talk about this on the Monday show over at Roto Grinders where we do the lineup reviews and look at the cores and the you know what people put together. And this is one of the things on Wednesday we had talked about uh, you know that we'll review on Mondays, but you look at it and you see most people would have had four 7K guys here in some way, shape, or form. And he just went low with a 6.8K Tom Lewis and it allowed him to get up to a Davis, who I liked a lot last week. He always uh, does well. And surprisingly, he did horrible this week. He, he got worse as the week went on. He did not really score well for 8.8K, but it was just more than enough with having those other five guys in the lineup. So again, shout out to him. Like you said, I, he won. I knew he won the 555 for 100,000. I know he got, I think, I believe it's his second ticket to the fantasy golf world championship. And then maybe it's his, you know, who knows how many tickets he's got into the 44, 44. Now uh, I saw him roll one for that, at least if not more from some of the screenshots weeks previous. So congrats to Riku. Really good guy. Talked to him a couple of times. This guy's awesome. And he's a Ravens fan. So got to love him for that reason as well, but uh, congrats Riku. We'll get you in this week for the Masters, So you can kick Kenny and mine's ass and, and we'll play it for that one for the three men. All right. So let's get to this week. It's master's week. All right. So Augusta national, golf club so everyone knows how this course plays i'll still go over it a little bit but we know <laughs> how this course plays uh 7435 yard par 72 four par threes four par fives par fives are where the majority of the scoring comes from they're the four easiest holes in the course six par fours over 450 yards those are the holes where golfers just need to hold on try and make par 
uh, off the tee, golfers see wide tree line fairways, above average width, bunkers and landing areas, and light rough. Uh, the fairways are heavily undulated and usually lush. So even though they will have some roll, it's not going to be like a U.S. Open event where dry conditions can make the ball run out 50 yards or more now. There hasn't been that much rain. So you're going to see a little bit more rollout, I think, than normal. But still, it's not the crazy rollouts you normally see, like, like at a baked-out U.S. Open or something like that. Um, if golfers miss the fairway and hit it into the trees, they'll have to deal with approach shots from soft pine straw, which is always tricky. Uh, water also in play on a few holes on the back nine. Uh, on approach shots, golfers will see greens that are average in size, but that's sort of misleading. Um, you know, they're above average in size, but even that's misleading. First off, most of the greens slope heavily from back to front, which makes hitting approaches under the hole important. There's also many slopes and contours in the greens that they will have to play. That, you know, they're going to be playing much smaller. Golfers have small aiming points on approach shots to actually get the ball close. Also, because how firm the greens are going to be this week, at least that's what it looks like, uh, it makes the correct landing spot that much smaller uh, most greens are elevated and are shaped like an upside down bowl along the edges and have little to no rough surrounding them so many balls will be in collection areas around the greens uh, which are always tough to get it up and down from because of the firmness and the quickness of the greens um, now you know unless the course gets hit by some random rain this week it should be play it should play very fast and very firm um, even if it just rains a little bit they have like really good sub air uh, machinery down there so we're going to be expecting very very firm greens this week i'm thinking single single digit under par uh for the win we're not going to see 18 17 15 win maybe if someone plays out of their mind or uh, it could happen but I, that's not what i'm thinking i think the members of the gusto are a little angry at how people have been treating this course over the last couple of years um so they're going to try and make it as difficult as possible i think that's what's going to happen especially with these you know stip meters on these bent grass greens being like 14 or something this week so we'll see how that goes Campbell. Yeah, I think, you know, you've talked about most of it right there. This is a tournament that if it really is your first time joining the podcast, welcome and thank you. But if it's your first time, you know, listening to golf content and some on a master's week, then that's crazy because this is going to be a good week ahead of you that you're going to get in store. So I think, you know, most people know what's going on here. Looking for, for me, as always at, at majors, especially when it comes to DFS, I'm looking a little more long-term form, right? The best of the best. Like you said, I think it'll be much uh, higher scoring than we're than what we saw. It's not going to be November-ish. You know, the, the, the jokes go around. Nobody wanted to read Rick's article with the great uh, teaser talking about it. Should there be an asterisk next to Dustin Johnson's name? That's Rick Gaiman. Rick Rungood said, you know, as his title and everyone started going in uproar. He said, obviously there should not be. Everyone got to play the same course at the same time in November. And I thought that was a good little article and it made a lot of points that I'm going to not completely ignore for this event, but I'm just saying I'm not really going to count November. I don't think it's going to be anything like that. I'm going to count it for the fact that obviously JT, DJ, Roy, the best in the world, Rom, were all in the top 10, but I'm not just going to say, well, if they did well in November, that means it's going to be now. I'm looking for long-term. We, we do have the course history factor. You mentioned it earlier with a guy like Kucher, uh, Spieth, who's going to be a hot topic when we get into this in a second. And then all the other stuff that goes with it, you know, as far as stats go, it's, you know, ball striking approach, good hands around the grids. We've seen guys like Patrick Reed, Spieth and himself of guys that have that good short game and can make putts. That's what it all comes down to. So I've got a lot of guys actually that are probably outsiders or what would be maybe called sleepers this week in the bottom range. So I actually don't feel, you know, too crazy going some of the chalk at the top. We'll get through who those guys might be or who we think early this early in the week, they might be obviously a lot more content as the week goes on for both of us, Kenny, but we can get right into those tiers, man. I'm excited to talk about this one. And we've got some pretty decent pricing, you know, softer pricing as always over at DraftKings for the majors, but makes for a lot of nice lineups when you put them out there. Yeah, let's go ahead and start with these tiers. Let's start off Xander Shoffley all the way up to Dustin Johnson in 10K range. Who you got there, Tambo? 
it's really tough for me right now to fully dive in, but I do think, uh, you know, for sure, the couple guys that I know is uh, Justin Thomas. I, I really do like him at 10, six. It's not that far from the 9,900 we saw at the players. So he's been a guy that was on my radar. Obviously taking down the players was quite nice. That was a good week for me. Uh, for most, everybody had that bet, I believe. But at the same time, you know, just one of the things, I don't know if everybody caught it, but the broadcast even hinted at it. He was shaping a shot for the masters at that tournament, you know, a few different holes there where he had that, um, you know, shot shape that we're looking for over here at the masters. And I thought that was just interesting for when you've already got a guy that is this good of a setup, the ball striking, all that stuff that, you know, again, looking at all of his long-term form and everything here, it's maybe not the best, but at the same time, could you, would you be surprised if Justin Thomas was getting the green jacket put on him by his boy, Tiger Woods, if hopefully Tiger Woods can show up, we still don't really have an update on that. I know he was back home in his Florida that, you know, it's a side topic, but it was talked about a few weeks ago. Did you hear anything, Kenny, before we keep going through these tears about if Tiger's going to be able to show up to, to put the green jacket in Baker's cabin or what's the plan there? I mean, isn't DJ the one that puts the, Oh my on? gosh, man. I'm forgetting all together. I feel like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been, I've been so excited and hyped on Justin Thomas, my boy to get this green jacket that I kept thinking that was what it was, but you are correct. And that is the guy at the top at 11,500. So uh, if you are just joining us for the first time for this podcast, know that I'm not a complete idiot. And that is just a, a complete overlook on my part. And I apologize, but DJ at the top, just going right to that as a good segue is not someone that I'm actually that interested in. I know he's the defending champion. I know it's tough to do that here. Uh, the game is, you know, not gone or anything like that. It's just a couple of things that you can discount of the last couple of events out. Like I don't care about the match play or anything like that. Just if you look at everybody else that we have here, and I guess that will lead to my next one is, you know, is Rom going to be super popular off the baby swag narrative just because he just had his kid today or, or the, just this past weekend, they showed the, the highlight of or, or the picture of him and his wife today, where you sort of look inside. And now everyone all of a sudden has got the baby narrative on their mind. So I, I'm not sure about that. I just, I think I'm done fading Bryson DeChambeau at courses with four par fives. So I'm going to play Bryson. I'm going to play JT. And the other guy I actually like here is Roy McIlroy at 10.2 K. So that just, you know, leaves the top two guys gone. Rory, again, looking for form. If it's going to be minus 12, minus 13 type of winner here, that's exactly what we want from a guy like Rory. And even, and again, not discounting November completely, but in those conditions, he put up an 11 under. Uh, this will be tougher for sure. But if he can just get four good rounds in at 10.2, he seems like this seems like the time to jump back on when most will be on other guys around him, I think. Yeah, I'm definitely going to play Bryson. Uh, that's the one guy I'm going to play you, you, on lightning fast greens is a good putter. Uh, I think that the difference between November and now from Bryson is the fact that it seems like he knows when to hold off on that drive. Uh, he knows when to, to, to sort of rear back a little bit and not go full throttle. And when he does go full throttle, you know, he could still pull that off. Uh, there will be holes where he does that, but I like, he's getting smarter about how he goes about launching his, you know, mammoth King Kong drives out there and i like that coming off on a bay hill similar similar distance to the masters um you know i i, I just got this feeling about bryson i you know i think he's a little bit smarter uh you know off the tee he's one of the best par fives he's going to be strong he's really good on longer par fours like i said in the in the preview you're going to see a lot of 450 plus par fours out there uh i i like him a lot and he's the one guy i'm definitely going to play uh in this range the other four or five, I am not 100% sure yet. We're going to see how the uh, ownership goes for the rest of the week. I'm not the biggest Roy fan. I'm probably not going to play him. Uh, again, he just looks like he's off. Um, I, I, I don't know with the course playing this difficult, will it be able to find it 
something like that. We'll be able to snap his fingers and be like, let me get back on. Maybe it's Rory, uh, but it doesn't leave me to be very, very optimistic about his chances uh, this week. The other guys I think are all in play. Um, I am not sure which one I'm going with. I'm going to stick with Bryson uh, as my favorite in this range, though. Let's go to the 9K range. I'll go with my two cash game cornerstones. First one is going to be Patrick Cantlay at $9,800. A little bit more of a field play. Uh, when you look at his rankings uh, stat-wise, he's not like the best one in this 9K range at all. But I think it's his time. Uh, with the win he had, um, you know, we won the Memorial. He won earlier uh, in the fall. I think it's time for him to finally contend at a major. And I think this is a great one for him. A ninth and a 17th his last two times after missing the cut uh, in 2018 or 2019. Uh, so I, maybe it was 2018. I'm not sure. Either one, one of them. Uh, but he's played the last three times, 17th and a ninth and a missed cut. Uh, I just think just a gut feeling says it's time for him to start contending at these masters being more of a viable player. And I feel it. I think his confidence has gone up. Yeah. He missed a cut of the players the players are sort of a weird, tricky course. Uh, so I'm not, not going to look too much into that. You know, prior to that, he was doing just fine. Um, you know, so I got no problem going back to Patrick Canley. I mean, if you look prior to the players with 15, third, second, 13th, seventh, first, you know, so, I, I'm, I'm going to go there and I got to go Spieth as my second cash game cornerstone. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind uh, that the guy's going to perform well here. Now, the one thing I will say uh, about this coming up week is I think if the course plays as difficult as it looks like it, it will uh, with these amateur ladies coming around and how firm, I think you will find some guys um, that are going to implode. Uh, and there's going to be a couple in these top ranges. Now trying to figure out who that's going to be is always the tricky part, but I don't think it's going to be uh, as easy as it, for these top guys. I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think it will be. Um, you know, I think a top guy's are going to win, uh, but I do think there are going to be some implosions up here in the top. And I think Rory has a chance to be one of them. Um, you know, I think uh, maybe Fina, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but Spieth is the one guy. Uh, the way his game has been trending up. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The Masters is basically another home course for him. Uh, I don't care that he won this week. He can win back-to-back. I don't – I've seen – it happened with Phil before. It's not like it's impossible. Uh, so we're going Cantley and Spieth up top. Um, other guys – the other guy I do like is Morikawa um, here in this 9K range. It's the iron game in his tee to green. Good on longer par fours. Uh, lots of birdies. We'll see how it goes with him. Uh, you know, he's already won the major. He knows – uh, the, how the, how to deal with that type of pressure. So I like those three guys. What about you? Yeah. One thing we didn't talk about at the top, Kenny, is just a little bit around the strategy factor too. Like this is a shorter field than what we're used to, right? You know, what is it? I think it's 88 guys for this week at the masters. So we've got 88 guys here and then you've got the bottom is just, you know, it's all the old guys and the previous champions and all these things. Uh-huh. So as far as your lineups, Setting up 75 golfers that you can roster basically 75 to 70, 75 legitimate. Right. And that's, that's stretching it. And and, and the cut is what the cut is 50. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. But the, you, like you said, you can't even, you're counting out what 13, 15 guys out of the gate. And most of them are from what? Six to 6.5 K range pretty much. Yep. Yeah. So that's one thing when it comes down to roster construction, right? As far as we're talking about, I know there's three millimakers this week, a $10, most likely for all of us, the hundred dollar is out there. And then the 44, 44, the big dog. So when you're building for that, there's going to be different strategies that go into it. But I really like this nine K range for that reason. And we've talked about it in the past that even if 
you know, Aram, DJ, Bryson, they'll be on it for sure. But they basically, you know, normally say they don't have to win because they could show up second in the lineup. But there's a lot of setups here where you could have like this range you just talked about. I'm not going to repeat them all, but definitely with you on Cantlay and Spieth. I'll bring up Cantlay again later in the betting segment. Got a, you know, number early on him I thought was decent. Uh, Colin Morikawa, you pretty much, in my opinion, just have to play him. The iron game is so good. And it's, we know what his story is. It's very simple. The putter either shows up or it doesn't. If, if that worries you enough, then don't play him. But I'll have shares because if it does show up, he's always you know, capable of winning it or taking the thing down. So uh, I like those three there that you mentioned. I like Brooks, especially pissed off Brooks. I know the knee could be a little bit of a worry. I'm definitely going to take that into consideration when how much Brooks I'm using. Not going to be all in or anything, but I do think at 9,200, uh, if he says he's good and he says he's good, then I'm going to play him at any major, uh, you know, 9,200, especially that price is just way too low. Uh, Finau, I'll still give him a shot. He's got some good history here. Has been playing really good golf. He does line up quite nicely. Just a couple, you know, last couple events. It, it haven't been there, but before that, it was a bunch of second places. So uh, here, he, you know, we joke all the time, but he's done it on a broken ankle or a, a, you know, dislocated ankle, I'll say, and then pops it back in and goes and gets a top five. I think he's just, you know, a great play at 9,100. And then Webb still interests me a little bit, even though, it, you know, it's 9,000 and the 8K range, there's a lot of guys that basically could do what Webb does anyway. I'm just saying where this is still a unique price where if you only had 9K left, you might not have to move everything around to get that 100 bucks to get Finau in your lineup, for example. So uh, I'm okay with most of these guys in the 9K. I'm not really too high on uh, Patrick Reed just because, you know, sort of what he's been doing lately. And again, he's got history here. He obviously won here, but you saw what he had to do to get that done at 9,300 when you've got Spieth, Morikawa, Brooks, all these guys right around him. It's tougher for me to go there. Yeah, I, 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 I can see it. I mean, Reed sort of interests me just because of his short game. We'll see how if it's so difficult to hit these greens. Uh, that, you know, it could be something to look at. But I'm sticking with those three guys that I like uh, in this 9K range. And one thing I will do will say when it comes to strategy uh, in this, especially in cash, um, you know, a lot of the times, you know, when you're looking at cash, you want guys to make the cut, a little bit of safer plays. With this type of short field, and, and the amount of top tier golfers there are, I would say you would have to go five guys you think that can win uh, in your cash lineup and then one punt play. Uh, I think that's the best way to go about your cash lineups this week. I think every, every, every golfer you roster in cash, I think it's sort of like a GPP way of mind uh, this week in cash where upside is more important than normal. Um, and, and I want, I, I, I want, all four of the golfers that I'm going to use for my cash game cornerstones, I think I can win. Uh, I have another guy. My lineup's already completed as of now. We'll see if I change it. But the other two guys, I have one punt play, and then I have another guy who I think can win. So I think that's the best way to go about it. I wouldn't worry about cut makers or Jim Furyk's or right. people like that in cash this week. Uh, you got to go with winners. You think I'll have a top finish who you think can win. And there's plenty in every single cash range. Let's move on to this 8K range. My third cash game cornerstone is going to be um, Berger at $8,500. You know, the form has been good. Uh, he's had, uh, I guess, decent success here. It hasn't been of the greatest uh, form. But, I mean, it, it, it definitely hasn't been bad. If you look over it, it's been, what, the 10th, 27th, 32nd. Hasn't played here in a couple of years. Uh, that's 10th place finish, if I remember correctly, was in a year where uh, it was a pretty tough condition. Let me double check here. Uh, yeah, Willett won that year at minus five. Uh, and that's the year Burger finished top 10. And I think this is the type of 
you know, what type of scoring that we're going to see maybe somewhere between the five minus five and minus 10 range this week as the winner. And I think he can, he can fare well in that type of range. So I like Berger. I like Sung JM uh, a lot this week uh, came second last year. Uh, I think he can make some noise. I like camp Smith at 8,200 as well. Again, another guy who has fared well, a couple of top fives uh, at the masters. The course history is there. And again, he can win. Yeah. Uh, that, that's all you got. Those guys. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you on a couple. So definitely in on him and Berger. I think everybody will be, that's sort of the two that stand out to me. Some of the ones, this is where I start to get a little bit more unique. I think uh, people might be done chasing Hatton at 8,900 because of his majors and players and, and th- that sort of play. But at 80, 8,900, I still think he's fine again, has upside if he gets through and, and does his thing on the weekend. And pl- plus with it playing tougher, I like that better for a guy like Hatton. So um, I like Hatton at 8,900. I'll take a chance on Hovland. As far as my stats go across long-term, uh, he still pops in all of them. I, I guess he'll be off people's radar a little bit just because of everything that's gone on in the most recent form. But if you look at just his long-term and capability, I think the upside is there at 8,700 when everyone's on him and Berger. So I, I love those calls. Those are guys that I think, like you said, can win it. Uh, and then going down, there's even more guys here. But what about your guy, the mullet man, Cam Smith, 8,200? Yeah, I definitely just said that he would be one of my plays. I'm a fan of his this week. Okay, Fitzpatrick's there. I think underneath him, Matsuyama is uh, 8,300. I I like these guys just to round out the bottom of the range. I don't think Fleetwood will be a guy. He sort of feels like Reed to me, two guys that I'm just not really high on. Xander, Reed, Fleetwood, just naming through the 8K up to the top three that don't uh, really fit my builds. But And then Westwood, 8,800, not really going to go back. Uh, obviously playing some incredible golf up to and, and did his own, did his thing for a little bit there, but not someone I'm going to go back to just because the history here, when you look at the long-term form and the stats, you know, that I'm looking at, he doesn't pop at all. So I'll take my chances on the other guys around him. I really want to see Westwood's ownership. I think if it's, you know, 10% or less, I think I might jump on board. De- definitely Again, should be uh, low. I, I think it'll be low for sure. Just with the names you've got around him. And I think, like I said, like your, your calls are excellent calls with him and Berger. So it's going to be where everybody goes in this range is on those two. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I could see, I could see myself playing Westwood uh, this week. I think he came in second of the year. Uh, Will it won, I think uh, second or third. So, you know, I think it's going to be that type of masters where it's going to be a tough grinded out type of thing. We've seen him do this before. Uh, so we'll see about him. We'll see as the week goes on. If he's, if he's going to be like 15%, I'd probably stay away. Let's move to the 7K range. Tim, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, from 7.5 and up, it's not as it's not <laughs> as big of a range as what we're used to looking at, right? It's a it's a tiny 7K range from Molinari all the way up to the top with Sergio. But I also think that the thing that stands out to me is that this is all the guys that, you know, maybe could. So you, you like your Adam Scotts, your Casey's, your Days. You're talking about could they win? In, in some universe, they could, and maybe even right now, but at the same time, then it kind of scares you a little to say like putting multiples of those guys into one lineup. Are they all guys that can win? Probably not all at the same time to compete and contend. So uh, for me, the ones that stand out is Sergio. Uh, match play really has nothing to do with it. I loved him going into match play even before for what he was on pace doing. I know his uh, majors record since winning the Masters is pretty horrible. But again, at 7,900, I'm willing to take a risk. Uh, Casey, for sure, 7,700, I think he's a great playmaker just you think about a guy that can do everything and do it all he was right there when Morikawa was winning and just did everything he could it just Morikawa did everything down the stretch including the drivable par four that he ended up making uh, I think it was birdie or I can't remember eagle whatever he did on that hole but uh, Scott and Day Louis Oosthuizen these three are the type that I'm talking about that just stand out as I think all of them could show up here and perform and make the cut as they've done in the past 
and go on and get you a top 10 even, but which one's it going to be and how many of them is it going to be? So those are the guys, I guess for me, it would be Day, Usti, Casey, and Sergio. Those are the four that stand out. I'll go with my last uh, cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Paul Casey at $7,700. Another guy whose form, I mean, if you look at the form of all these guys, it's been pretty freaking solid, except I guess for maybe uh, Canley's, uh, uh, um, what's it called? Players Championship. Uh, but I do like Paul Casey this week. The guy's been in superb form, 5th, 10th, 5th, 12th, 1st, 8th uh, in his last seven, uh, last six events. Again, he had a top 10 that year uh, where it was playing very, very difficult. Where Will it won? Uh, I could see him doing well. So my forecast game cornerstones are going to be Patrick Cantley at 98, uh, Spieth at 94, Berger at 85, Casey at 77. Uh, those leaves are about 14-6, 14-7. Plenty of, plenty of room. Uh, to make the rest of your lineups in this range. Other guys I do like, I like Sergio a lot uh, this week. Tita Green, he's just been really, really strong here uh, lately. And I think, you know, at a course like this, that's that's where it comes to. You see a lot of shitty-ass putters uh, do well here, uh, including him. Uh, that one year I did, Sergio did win, though. It was a year I actually went, uh, and I saw him putt uh, in a practice round. I saw him make 10. Uh, he did an around-the-world drill. Uh, from 10 footers from about six different locations around the world, you know, down slope, up slope, left, right, right to left. And he made them all like repeatedly. I was like, man, if he can just putt like this, he can win. And again, of course he did win it that year. I think I got him in like 44 to one, 45 to one. So that was nice. Uh, and I think I'm going to go back to him uh, this week. Uh, I could see using him in cash as well. Uh, I think the upside is there for Mr. Garcia. I just got, uh, it just feels like it could, the way he's been, striking the ball it could culminate this week into a very very high finish um, other guys in this range in the 7k range is this or sort of small uh, i like billy horschel a guy who runs hot uh you know i know the match play you, people aren't really taking that to, to that much account i wouldn't either but for him when he's playing well he tends to play well for a few weeks in a row uh and so i could see billy uh being a guy that i could use um in this range so i do like him Matthew Wolf intrigues me because he showed a little bit better play uh, at the match play. Maybe he was getting over his injuries. He was looking a little bit stronger uh, out there. So it could be worth a flyer. Uh, and also like Victor Perez, again, a guy who's been playing really well, uh, you know, made the cut on a number a few weeks ago to get inside the top 10, did well at the match play. Again, riding a little bit of a hot streak. Uh, so I do like Perez. Anybody else in this range that we missed? Yeah, well, just I didn't really go through the lower range. I do like a couple guys down there, actually. So uh, you just mentioned Perez, who we've definitely been in on. I think he's another guy just to keep going back to here. This set, you know, the setup should be perfect. Uh, again, got to get in that top 50 and then see what you can do over the weekend. But I think he's definitely a guy that could get us a top 20. So I like that. Lowry's right there at the same price as him. The one that I think, you know, you mentioned Wolf, that you, there is some intrigue there with the match play bounce back after the injury and whatnot. And he'd been going through some early withdrawals and everything that we'd seen in certain tournaments. But Max Homa. Uh, in November, missed this cut on the number. Again, totally different setup as as I talked about earlier, but winning the Genesis, I still think that's pretty huge. And that's a tough field, tough track, like everything that goes with it. So I think uh, Max Holm at 7,100, he definitely interests me. Four par fives out there for him to get after. In the last 50 rounds, he's actually number one in par five scoring. So I think that could be helpful. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Think about his wins and how he went, out, went about them. It's just playing good golf. And, you know, Zalatoris, another guy like that, 7,300 with you on Billy Ho. And then did you have a take on uh, Neiman or answer at seven, both at 7,400, both sort of similar type game. 
Uh, I think answer is probably the guy I'm on at 7,400 if picking one, but definitely could play both. What, what are your thoughts there before we move on? I, I'm not really sure I'm going to play either. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I sort of like Jason Day and I like Adam Scott a little bit better than both of those guys going with a little bit more experience when it comes down to that part. Um, you know, answer looked, uh, you know, decent on the weekend this week. Uh, so, you know, he could be worth it. And even um, doesn't miss many cuts, you know, that, that's what I thing. but I don't know if this is the type of course that'll suit him. I forget uh, what he finished here in the past. Let me Remember he had here. COVID, he had COVID and uh, it had to withdraw right before. Ah, that's right. That's right. So he, he, so this, will this be his first time or second time playing? I think it's his first time. I think that's what it was, uh, was all about. Wasn't it? Was this was supposed to be his day? No, he, he, he missed a cut here a few years ago. Uh, so oh yeah, that's right. He has one miscut here, and then that yeah. was going to be sort of the chance to get back into it here. Uh, that that miscut was as an amateur. Okay, yes. And so I, I'm not the biggest fan of him this week. If I had to choose between the two, I'd probably go. I don't know. I'll probably not even play either. I think so I, I, I think, think I'll go uh, answer. I like, I like now that you said it like that. Yeah, I think you didn't say it, but I think I, if I was choosing one, I think it would definitely be answer. I'm going to go with yeah. him there. 7400. Uh, and let's move on to this 6K range. And the thing about the 6K range this week, there's so many good names here. Uh, that when you do roster construction this week, you can go two guys in a 10K range. I don't think it's going to be a problem. I don't mind using multiple players um, in this 6K range all the way from the bottom up. I mean, if you look, Connors is probably going to be chalk, but we've seen like this type of chalk do well. It reminds me of Kisner a few years ago, um, you know, when he was like 6,800 coming off a really, really strong few weeks. Basically what Connors is doing right now uh, he could be 15% owned. I don't have a problem still using him. If you wanted to fade from a game theory perspective, that would be fine. That would make sense to me, uh, I think, but I don't think I'm going to do that. So I like Connors. Um, I, I like Woodland showing some poise, Kucher, Poulter, Kisner. There's a lot of guys that I do like. You know, I'll be rostering all those. Danny Willett, another guy who showed a little bit a couple weeks ago in Puerto Rico. So he has a little bit of form. Again, it's going to be playing in tough conditions. And he, the toughest it came was in the last five, six years of the year that he won it. Um, so I like him. I think Lanto down below at 6,400 and um, Zach Johnson at 6,300. There's plenty of guys that you can roster. You got Bobby Mack here who had a hell of a time during the, uh, during the uh, match play. I mean, there's so many ways to go. Matt Wallace, who's been playing out of his ass, uh, this past week on Sunday, you know, after just a little bit of a falter on Sunday, I really needed him to make that birdie on 18. I, I think I had a lineup in uh, that was like 95th uh, in the five dollar. Uh, and if he made that birdie, and then um, you know he would have had the three birdie streak bonus plus the all three rounds under 60 plus the birdie, it would have been like a 13 point swing would have moved me up into the top 40, top 30. Uh, so, you know, it cost me a couple hundred bucks right there. So a little bitter about that, but I'm still going to use them. Lots of good choices down in this range. I do not mind going superstars and scrubs this week. Uh, maybe three 9K guys, uh, you know, you could do JT Xander, uh, Spieth, and then a couple of guys down here. I got no problem with that. Uh, I do think somebody up top is going to win, especially when it's this type of hard, you know, low uh higher scoring golf which i see in the future for this event for this week what do you got in this range yeah just back to that construction that's sort of what i was bringing up earlier and then you just made a good point though was like i kind of like what you said like with three 9k guys though because i think when you look at all those guys in the sevens that we just went through that people can jam in scott casey you know day answer all the guys they like to play with just connors then they're going to get a much nicer looking lineup on paper than they are with going with getting a little bit uncomfortable, maybe using a couple guys down here like a Poulter Woodland 
or a Siwoo Kim with a Harmon or something like that, right? Where you can just differentiate off of Connors down here. Cause I mean, he could end up being 30% in the high stakes stuff uh, in maybe the $10, you might see him like 20 to 25, but at 6,900, I think he's going to be just extremely popular. We know speed's going to be, but the way speed's been playing, how much it matters for a course like this, the history. Uh, I saw the numbers just came out right before we recorded Kenny for minimum 15 events or, or sorry, minimum 15 rounds qualifier him, JT and Morikawa for a strokes gained approach. So, you know, if you want to think he's just, you know, doing this random stuff, it's not just that. He's got the entire game together. If his, if his drives are a little off, it's not going to be the end of the world. And he is going to be able to fight back and find his way through it, make a cut, do his thing. And as we always see, whatever can happen over the weekend happens. So I'd much rather play Spieth, forget the whole game theory factor up there and just be willing to get really unique down at the bottom. And like you said, using two of these guys might be the way to do it. Uh, some other guys I like, Harmon, who I just mentioned, reminds me more of the, the Kisner situation because he almost has been doing what Kisner's been doing. We were early calling the English sort of the web factor, right? Is English the new Web Simpson when he started doing his thing? What Harmon's been doing lately in, in the players, the match play, basically the places Kisner would always show up is basically what Kisner has done in the past. So I think he could be the guy that shows up at Augusta with tougher conditions at 6,800. Yeah, I, like I like the Harmon call just because, you know, lefties, they tend to do well here. There's That's another guy, me. Robbie Mack. Again, these lefties can ball out at Augusta. It shoots, it usually suits lefties because as long as they hit that fade uh, off the tee, because most of the holes go right to left. That's why you see Reed has done well and stuff like that. So, sure. uh, yeah, yeah, I do like that call. And not to mention, he can make putts. We know that. So, you know, that's what you want here. Even the day one match when he went against Cantley and lost, uh, he still ended up getting out of the group, mind you, but he went against Cantley, had eight birdies one bogey and still lost like that was how good he was uh, early on. And then it went from there and obviously didn't go all the way or anything, but it was a pretty good run for him. And that's again, match play aside, the players, he looked pretty good too. What, what about your boy? I got a couple more, but I want to ask you quick. What about hefty? Hefty's been doing his thing, man. 35th at the masters, 25th at the Honda, uh, you know, rough day uh, this past week. But what, what about him talking about experience and history? Obviously he got out of here quick and showed right up at the masters. They already got pictures of him on site. What, what do you think he can do here at this low price tag? I mean, I don't hate the play for sixty six hundred dollars. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I don't hate it. Well, these squeeze between some common names that normally I would just pop off the page and say, "Let's play a Munoz." Another good week. We always talk about him with his upside if he makes the cut. Ortiz, sort of the same thing. But then you got Willett and or and Mickelson. Talk about experience and green jackets and everything right there. Um, some other guys, I guess, that would fly out like just be fly under the radar. I think Sibu Kim. People normally don't like to play him too much. Another just decent week I talked about at the top of the show, but stats wise, he's really popping. And I think, again, not many people will want to go there, but at 6,700, I think that's a good price. Matt Wallace showing that form, Lanto Griffin, CT Penn. Interestingly enough, again, you're looking for a guy that hits fairways and greens. I know it's not a huge rollout we might get, but a little bit of rollout and, and he could do his thing at 6,400. And then you mentioned ZJ at 6,300. That would sort of round it out for me. But uh, after that, it gets pretty bleak. But uh, anybody else? You've got here for this tournament? No, I think we're good. Let's move on to bets. I'm still not decided exactly how I'm going to go about my card this week. I have a couple of choices. Um, I'm either going to go two bets, Bryson and Spieth. That's it. Spieth at like nine, nine, not plus nine fifty. Bryson at ten to one. I'm thinking I might just do that and just blow my load on those two bets and just hope and pray and watch. Um, if I don't do that, I'll probably pick one of those guys. And go M at 39 to 1 and um, Casey at 37 to 1. And then maybe throw a couple of fires in later. Still haven't decided my total card. You'll get that later in the week from me. 
Yeah, I'm going to have more than enough action here across Daily Fantasy, but I uh, only got a couple of bets in early, and it was Cantley at 28 and Fina at 40. But these are from way back. So that, you know, just guys I was expecting when they were playing well, like winning tournaments or not with Fina, obviously getting close to winning tournaments, I should say with him. But, uh, you know, I'm pissed about Sung JM because I saw some people got him at like 66. And that would have been a number I would have liked him at. But now with the numbers dropping and everything there, and like you said, just the likelihood of one of these guys at the top just hitting it home. I didn't want to stretch myself and just bet just a bet. I think that's a common thing that people do. It's the Masters. Let's get as much action as possible. The books are opening up even further each way possibilities in different places. So I think there's, you know, that is just everyone, everyone wants to go bet everything they can in sight. And I'll wait and see what happens. There's some more interesting bets. You can do some first round leader stuff, some top of market bets, whether it's, you know, location, top Canadian, top lefty. We talked about some of those guys like Harmon or Bobby Mack, like those type of bets interest me a little bit more of that side of things than outright. It's nothing else that I'm going to add as of yet though, Kenny. And that's kind of the same for, one and done. I got to look at what I've got for availability. I do like the guys at the top though. JT, Rory, Rom, you know, if you got those guys, I think this is definitely the spot to use them, no doubt. But what are you doing? Or do you have a thought for one and done this week? Yeah, I'm probably going Spieth. I just see him doing well and winning this week. Him and Bryson. Those are the two guys I see winning this week. Those are the two guys that are on my radar. Uh, and those might even be my only two bets. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I know, every, like you said, everyone wants to bet the hell out of the Masters, but I'm thinking of just, you know, I only have a certain bankroll every week and I'm thinking of just putting all of it on those two guys. I'd rather uh, just build more lineups too. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I get action either way and I can actually win a lot more. It's like a, you know, it's like building a bunch of six gate six way parlays that you're just putting together on DraftKings, and, but you can win a million dollars for 10 bucks. So uh, I'll just, or a hundred or whatever one you want to play. I'm just going to do that instead. All right. Uh, anything else for this week? Big okay. week. A big week, man. No, I think that's it. We both have a lot of other stuff going on though. So yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that for this. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my weekly article on gupscorner.com. I'll also be on the E9 pod, or I'll be on the uh, Emergency 9 podcast Wednesday afternoon. I'll release all my bets, all my favorite plays for this week on gupscorner.com. There's going to be a seven day free trial. Uh, so if you sign up, look on my Twitter feed for some um, promos over there. So you can get on there and get this week for free. It'll be cool. Check it out. Yeah, we talked about it before. You can find me on rotogrinders.com. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGen. Get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. You can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Hit me up there if you have any other questions for the week. It's a big week ahead, but we've got some super draft stuff. Doing an extra bonus show this week tomorrow. Got the Monday lineup review show. Talk about some of the preview for this week. Tuesday night, myself, Notorious, and STL Cards will be doing a show. Cards just had a pretty big week himself. And, and then Wednesday night will be myself and Notorious going through all of the final decisions, the tough decisions, once we get sort of a shakeout of what the ownership looks like and what everybody's probably doing with their builds based on what we've seen and heard, and then trying to leverage against that and see what we can do in some of these large field tournaments with a million dollars up top. So looking forward to this week, Kenny. All right. The first major of the year is upon us. The green jacket, a tradition unlike any other. Let's win some motherfucking money. DGen Nation. The air we breathe, the water we drink, the soil that grows food for our families. These basic elements are essential to healthy, happy lives. America's corn growers think so too. Across the country, they're pitching in every day and doing the work to produce food and fuel that is healthy in a sustainable way. Go to ncga.com to learn more about how corn farmers grow a more sustainable future for us all. That's ncga.com. Uh, uh. 
the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.